0: This is Corey Willis with PVI, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. This is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Cass from Diesel Doctor of Tennessee, and you're listening to the Diesel
1: Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the number one diesel truck podcast on iTunes. Today, we're going to be chatting with Justin Andres, and you've seen his truck before. He's been on the podcast as well, but he's going to talk about how UCC went with the truck that he built. And also getting ready for King of the Street Challenge and all the things that go into being able to compete at the highest level possible with his trucks. And we're going to talk a bit about how Fleece has helped him in a bunch of different ways with not just the race trucks but also his day-to-day business with things like lift pumps and cp3s and tons of different things that they have so we know you guys are going to love this episode we want to give a special shout out to diesel world magazine make sure you go to dieselworldmag.com bookmark the page or pick up an issue they're in full swing covering events product releases tons of different things out there in diesel all right let's get to the podcast with justin talking about cummins performance ucc events and tons of different things Justin, welcome back to the Diesel Podcast, man. I'm excited to have you on today. and We chatted before the Ultimate Callout Challenge, and we wanted to chat with you after and talk about the truck, and then jump into some other things that I know, you know, like this time of year, people are using their trucks to go on vacation, take it places, or racing, and there's so many questions that they have, and you have been around the diesel performance and maintenance scene and everything for such a long time. I'm really excited to have you on and hit you with some
0: questions. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of unanswered things that people have with a new truck and as, long, and as far as uh, parts go and everything like that. So the
1: uh, the cool thing about doing podcasts before Ultimate Callout Challenge is we're kind of able to speculate a little bit or see you know, hey, how do we think the truck's going to perform or what are some things that you're, like the unknowns, but now that it's, you know, been over a month or so, what are some thoughts when you look back on that experience and the the truck itself that, you know, it was like, man, the truck did exactly what I thought or this was something out of left field. I didn't expect this and it happened and I had to adapt to it.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of people that didn't. Um, You know, we've always been, street truck you don't want a street truck I don't want a race truck Um, you know it's always been that way so when this idea kind of came to mind um, me and uh, Chase actually kind of made the arrangement in the deal uh, way back at PRI um, in December Um, so it's not that it was a spur of the moment like hey it's April let's do something crazy um we had this idea in the back of our mind like I said um you know and it just slowly kind of kept developing um you know into what the truck was other than uh, didn't have a whole lot of testing on it um just new platform um big badass engine um a lot of air so forth so Something like that it just takes a lot more seat time um than I obviously had in it going into u c c which uh the truck did uh pretty well for the most part in the three events um to give us a seventh place finish um but there's definitely a lot more improvements with it um, I've been kind of slow after u c c here with uh getting a few things organized and sorted out through it um but we will be uh, behind the seat in it shortly um to get some Things ironed out uh, before we throw all my time towards the red truck for King Street.
1: Would you say that the hardest part in taking it from a street truck to it's going to go up against dozens of North America's fastest, baddest diesel trucks is really just that seat time and experience after, you know, of course, getting the truck all together and parts and everything and just the experience in, in driving it?
0: yeah there's uh you know like i said at at any point you know you throw a horsepower behind something um you know it takes a driver to be able to know how to use that power um how to launch it at the track um sled pole is a huge thing um which I kind of stepped on my foot a little bit um at u c c with that so there's definitely a lot of improvement um with more seat time and having knowledge with the setup how it's going to respond how quick the charges are going to come up um you know if you got to pedal it for some reason um anything like that you know we were unfamiliar with the ratchet shifter and and how we had the tuning programming of it set for the drag race mode and when we went into the sled pull you know i don't know if we had some issues there upshifted on us and i didn't want it to and, and we got it pulled back and So so there's just a lot of things that you really got to learn about your truck um, for it to do its full potential.
1: One of the stories and the things that is so cool about being able to chat with competitors like yourself is to, you know, we, we, if we go to UCC or we go to King of the Street Challenge or any of the events out there, you know, I'm sitting in the stands or I'm watching it on a live feed. I just see the truck and I see it make a pass or it's pulling down the track or something. But I don't know everything that goes into it. And what's cool about a podcast is being able to sit down with you and say, way more went into this truck than just that pass you're making. And you had mentioned Chase Fleece. And I wanted to ask you, you know, what kind of help and insights to you know, Braden and Chase give you that is... I imagine it's invaluable with all the racing they've done and how long they've been around, but specifically with your truck, like how, how have they helped you get it to, you know, a level that, that you're happy to compete with and where you want to take your, you know, your your Cummins?
0: Yeah, so I can't give enough thanks to Chase for all the support. Um, you know, it could be nine ten 10 o'clock Central Time, which is you know, an hour later their time, and, you know, he's willing to talk and or shoot a text. Um, You know, if I shoot him a picture of something like, hey, how do you think this will work? Or, you know, what's your thoughts on this? Should I improve on this? Should I change this angle? Um, You know, put a bracket here or there. Um, You know, he helped me a fair amount with some of the sled pull stuff that we set up uh, roughly a week before the UCC um you know I'd send like I said I'd send a picture and I'd say what do you think option one or two or do you have anything better um you know and <clears throat> he was always there to help walk me through it if there was something that I didn't understand or um have a better opinion with the experience that they've had and you know all the racing and, and sled pulling stuff that they've done and trucks that they've built for uh, you know very competitive 3 old trucks and and other classes <clears throat> um, so that definitely helps make the truck perform even better past my personal knowledge that we've gained over the years um,
1: and I bet that helps as well when you have say a customer call you too and you know they might not want to be building a UCC truck that might be something they want to go to test and tunes or maybe do you know, a few pulls a year, or maybe they don't even do that. Maybe they just want to tow the trailer and have lower temps or do something different. It's like, you've, you've seen the full array and all the different parts of what goes into this, this platform that we all love. And that's, that experience is, I mean, it's invaluable. It's priceless in a way, because if I called, you know, I called you up and said, Hey, I got this truck. This is what I want to do with it. Well, you've done it yourself. And, you've had insights from you know, some of the best in the industry on how to do it.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> there's been times, you know, we've set up um, certain trucks with a setup that should work. Um, and they're, you know, they call later, hey, I'm you know, towing 15,000 pounds. And, you know, not that we're seeing high, high EGTs, like unsafe by any means, but like cruising flat ground, here's our. Parameters and this is what the truck is doing. Um, you know, if I don't have personal experience with that setup, um, I've asked Chase before, like, "Hey, I know you've ran something similar to this on a five nine or a six seven, depending on what truck it is. Are these parameters normal? Do we need more fuel? Do we need less fuel? Are the injectors too big?" And between either testing it himself on one of his older trucks or something that they've set up in the shop for a customer um, and have experience with. Um, He's been able to give me feedback so that I can give either my customer feedback or adjust a customer's future build accordingly to what they're wanting to do with the truck. Um,
1: That's one of the really cool things about like the fleece product lineup. And I've been thinking about it too, is like, it's not like they just thought, Hey, we can make this part. Let's just make it and throw it out there and see what happens. Like, you know, every part they make is because they have found they needed it at at a certain point. And it might not have been for all out racing. Like I know the coolant bypass kit is one of the most popular, you know, upgrades that are out there or like the distribution blocks. It, you know, things like that that just, they're so simple and efficient and smart. It's like anyone who's doing, you know, if you're working on, on the engine, why not do a fleece distribution block? Why not do a coolant bypass? Like, there's just upside to it. And I wanted to ask you, you know, when guys are calling you or they're coming into the shop, are those things, like, I'm sure there's probably, you know, the, the, the guy who wants five, 550 horsepower tows a trailer, you know what of course it's going to vary a little bit based on like the year of the truck but there's there's just like a a handful of things you definitely want to do like you know whether it's for reliability um, for clean install for different things like that what um, what kind of you know upgrades and, and things are are you guys seeing you know like this time of year where for that towing crowd that daily driving crowd where they need to do these upgrades. It's it's going to save them money in the long run, but also they're going to be happier with it, you know, daily driving it right now.
0: Yeah, so we're seeing uh, my red truck, uh, which a lot of people know me for. Uh, we built that, um, I shouldn't say from the ground up, but built it from, you know, back in the 400-some horse. Um, and we drove it a <clears throat> handful of years at eight 900 um, horsepower with compounds, um, towing raced it, sled pulled it, um, towed a snowmobile trailer to Montana, etc. basically everything that anybody would ever need out of a truck. Um, one of the, the biggest upgrades that I noticed um, towing-wise was when I put a place coolant bypass on, um, when you would get up to speed, <clears throat> so you'd gone on the off-ramp and got going up to speed, you didn't see a 205, 210 coolant spike or anything like that because you had more water uh, running through the block and evenly throughout the cylinders, you didn't get heat soaked near as bad, Um, as well as having a second thermostat in case your primary towards the front of the engine would ever fail. Um, just adds another security. Um, we've had just a personal experience with a friend of mine. Um, they were going snowmobiling one winter, and his thermostat had stuck on his truck, um, basically creating it to virtually almost overheat. Um, you know, we ended up they ended up coming back and swapping trucks out, thinking that hey, maybe it's a blown head gasket or anything that such. <clears throat> And uh, came back, and thermostat freed up, and basically, I don't even know if he's changed it since. He probably has, but, um, you know, something like that, if you had a secondary thermostat like the fleece kit does, uh, you could potentially eliminate uh, that type of failure on the road, whether you're close to home or you're 1,500 miles from home. So it adds quite a bit of security, I feel. Um, Another item that is really popular um, is the distribution block for the fuel uh, return and supply. I know a lot of people are going away from twin CP3 kits, which used to be that, hey, you needed this to make power. Um, Five years ago, there was no such thing as a 12. There probably was, but it was in testing. You know, not everybody and their grandma had one. So everybody had uh, twin CP3 kits, um, you know, makeshift T fittings, and certain things that the manufacturer should have have supplied with the kit to make the install cleaner, make it neater. Um, You know, it just, they weren't there. So, you know, you run to the hardware store and stuff like that to get the returns. To line up, and you know, and you throw into the mix putting a ZZ Fab on or any sort of aftermarket side draft um, that got in the way of the factory return lines off the CP3 pumps, and and going through the OEM filter location. Even if you had a delete, you know, you still ran into so many problems with plumbing a twin CP3 kit and that is where the distribution block really came into play cleaning everything up you can put a straight 45, 90, 60 degree um, you know AN push-a-lock fitting on get the correct angle at everything Um, nice T fittings and so forth just to clean it up um, you know there's so many people that have such clean looking rigs on the outside, and if you have no way to clean up under the hood, once you pop the hood, you know, it pretty much kind of just, it ruins the build, um, not having every aspect of the truck uh, as clean as the outside appearance.
1: What's so cool about those two products as well is they, I mean, I've got ton of tons of friends that run them, you know, they, whether they did an engine build or they're just, you know, doing something on the weekend, but you can use it whether you have a UCC caliber truck or whether you're just running a 60 horse tune and you're towing a trailer and, you know, you're, you're, you're not out there at the drag strip or, or sled pulling and, you know the the twin cp3 thing i was thinking about it because i remember like that was the thing like if you wanted big power that's what you had to run and the technology and the i think precision and everything that's happened over the last few years is there's modified cp3s that can make the power and they're reliable but also you know kind of transitioning from that is there's, there's a huge push, I think, across all the motorsports, but, you know, say diesel, into these newer trucks and being able to make, you know, more than stock power with emissions intact. And some of the things that the manufacturers are able to do with, you know, say a twin CP3 kit, it's, they're not going away, you know. But it doesn't mean just because you have a new... You know, uh, an LML Duramax or 6.7 Cummins or something like that, or the Power Stroke, that you still, like, you, you want a clean install still. You want the engine bay to be as clean and as simple and efficient and everything as, as possible because it's your truck. I mean, it's your baby. It's your passion. It's, it's what you invested money in. And I think, like, that distribution block, it's still going to be around. It's still, it still has a place out there especially moving forward with the direction that these new trucks are are going where they make they make really great power they have a ton of refinement but you know everyone wants to get a little bit more so (laughs) there's always going to be modifications or upgrades to them but done within a different context you know where you may not be able to run a 14 millimeter stroker pump on a on a newer truck and you know, meet you don't know, have the emissions intact but the twin cp3 kits can do that through the testing and approvals that they get and there's these other accessories that come along with it that can still grow with diesel performance
0: yeah that's just it i mean there's always going to be people that you know want a fast or an air dog or um fleeces intake pump kit but they want to run you know say half inch line and and uh auxiliary um fuel filter base Um, you know, the the fleece distribution block would make it so much easier to, you know, plumb in a, say, a half-inch line or dash eight, um, you know, throw it right into the fitting, um, on the block, and then however you want to go from there to your single or twin CP3 kit, um, you know, whether it's a, you know, stock truck that somebody just wants better filtration, um, You know, them type of things are still going to be out there no matter what horsepower level you're at, um, which is still, like you say, it's going to, you know, keep selling the product um, wherever the uh, future of the trucks evolves to.
1: There was another another um, part I wanted to ask you about, and we got a question not long ago on Instagram about it. We had done a podcast with uh, Alligator Performance about the live builds at UCC and we had talked about the fleece and tank lift pump and you know in that episode they're like hey we we love this kit like it installs so simple the warranty's fantastic on it it just it's totally different than everything else that it had been around with you know mounting you know an external pump and the filters and everything. And the guy asked, he's like, Okay, I want to hear from a shop owner, do these things really install as easy as you guys talked about on that episode? And I wanted to ask you, do they install, you know, as simple as, as it appears from what we see, you know, on their on the, the fleece website or, you know, in magazines or you know, different things like that. What does it allow you to do as a as a business owner giving them an upgrade and being able to do it quickly?
0: Yeah, they're pretty easy. Um, I mean, basically the biggest thing is, I mean, us as a shop, you know, we have all the tooling, um, you know, to be able to drop the tank down pretty easy. Um, You know, the next guy uh, down the road or, you know, a farmer or any other customer, you know, may not have that tool, them tools. But at the same note, not everybody wants to put a stump in their tank. Yeah. Um, you know, if you don't want to put a sump in your tank, but you want an aftermarket lift pump, you know, say so even smaller horsepower level, you know, you don't need a big, huge 220, 260, 290 gallon, um, you know, the fleece kit can take care of it as well as if you don't want a stump you're in the tank anyways to do your draw straw. And at that point, you know, you got your quarter tank problems and or less or more depending on. How your tape measure measures. Um, The other thing about um, the lift pump is, up here in North Dakota, where it gets cold in the winter time. Um, I think we had 27 days this past winter that it didn't get above. uh, I think it was like 15 or 20 degrees. Um, You know, at that point. Uh, field gelling becomes a big issue um, with the air dog and the lift or uh, uh, and the fast with the external filters um, we do see and hear of a fair amount of gelling issues um you know with these types of temperatures um, where the fleece kit uh, utilize can utilize and typically utilizes the OEM filters and the location. And um, typically on the common stuff, um, you know, it's under the hood where there's at least a little bit of engine heat as well as a heated, um, you know, return or uh, element in the filter housing. Um, so that definitely helps with some of the problems that we see in colder climates and temperatures um, as well as with a faster an air dog um, hanging alongside the frame rail. Or if you tuck it inside the frame rail or wherever you wanna try and hide it um you know there's times you you got two three four foot snow drifts you know that you're plowing through and and so forth, and just ice pack everything um, the slush the salt the corrosion, there's just so many so many potential issues um you know which is hanging something out there unprotected um, where the in tank pump basically. You can utilize all the OEM lines. Um, you know, you don't really hear of a stock truck or a modified truck having a um, issue with typically the lines or the connector at the lift pump. Um, you know, whether it's weather tight or so forth, um, just seems like a well-rounded off product that uh, definitely sparks a lot of interest for those people that need a little more than the OEM, but don't need a 200 plus um, gallon per hour pump to make a thousand plus holders,
1: $1,200. Yeah, that's kind of the sweet spot of it. And that's where a lot of the questions and, and things that we get on it are like, hey, you know, I'm not building a race truck, but I, I need something more. And I really like the idea of utilizing the factory, you know, heating elements and plumbing and everything. And and uh, you know keeping the install time down so it's not you know as hard as it, it could be. So I know there's been a lot of traction out there, a lot of people have been interested in it. But I wanted to ask you, you know your red truck, you are known for it. <laughs> I know when we did our last episode, it, it cut a lot of views on the <laughs> downloads. and you know people people like it and and I know they're going to want to see, the things that you're doing with it, you know, moving forward, you know, throughout the Earth King of Street Challenge and probably other things. Where's the best place for them to find you on social media or if they have questions, you know, they want to ask you about a setup on the truck or, or something else? How can how can our listeners get in contact with you?
0: So the best way, uh, to get a hold of us, contact us and or even follow us is Facebook. um I haven't honestly been too um Interested in and, and so forth with Instagram. I mean we have an account um, The wife will post a few things here and there, you know, we'll get tags from certain stuff UCC and Influence and, and you know some of the other guys and so forth, but I personally don't post a whole lot on there um, We do have a personal business page um, jades performance Um I don't post a lot on there either. My personal page is typically where a lot of the stuff gets done. Um, But with that note as well, um, you know, being able to get out this summer now, um, I would like to help my customers out, my followers, um, you know, see videos and keep up with the build. So I will do a better job at posting some stuff. Um, you know, on the business website as well as trying to get um, familiar with Instagram and, and know how to use it more because I know it's... I mean, there's so many people that use it. Um, you know, that's, that's a way of communication. I shouldn't say communication, but uh, just a way to keep in touch with somebody or know what they're doing without being snoopy or nosy. Um, so that's pretty much where the majority of it is.
1: Yeah, man, it's, uh, it's kind of funny. you were, when you're talking about Facebook and Instagram, it's like, there's, there's a, a lot of people that, that like, they like Facebook, like we're used to it. And then Instagram is almost like this totally different thing where it's like, you can just quickly visually see things and get through the information quicker. But, you know, depending on the different demographics of who the diesel enthusiast is they might lean one way or the other and it's so cool to be able to just you know go on an instagram page or facebook and i mean i use both you know and just be able to to see i'm like oh that's a cool build or oh wow i didn't know that you know this this person did this with their truck and and all those things it's a great way for us all to you know kind of keep in touch see what's going on and when new things happened i mean it's almost instant that <laughs> that we all know as quick as we can post we see it out there but uh, yeah you're we're definitely looking forward to seeing your truck out there and performing and, and like I said the, the episode we did before there was a ton of people that that, that downloaded it and, and they just love what you've done with it I, they love how it looks the setup the engine the air the fuel all those things so we wish you the best of luck the, the rest of the year and look forward to seeing what you do with it and heading into 2020 as well
0: Yeah, definitely excited to uh, be out there. Um, Pretty stressful trying to get two trucks um, ready to perform and or perform. Um, But like I've told multiple people, um, and I'm sure many people know, like my heart is in the red truck with the street stuff. So um, here real shortly, uh, once, uh, once we get a new power plant, Uh, built for it something that we think we could take to king of the streets and and uh, try and defend the title Um, once we start stuffing that in the truck like that is where my time will be devoted to and unfortunately the silver ucc truck will probably uh, end up sitting in the corner of the shop um, for probably the rest of the year after we get that going um but hopefully, uh, be able to get it out and get some
1: things dialed out. Uh, so, right on Diesel. We appreciate your time today and, and and chatting with us. And like I said, we look forward to seeing what you do the rest of the year. Yeah, thank you. Don't forget, Diesel fans, make sure and head on over to fleeceperformance.com. Check out things that they have for your truck, whether it's for towing, daily driving, street performance, or racing. And go to dieselworldmag.com. Bookmark the page. Pick up an issue in a store. Check out all this going on in Diesel. Till next time, keep the shiny side up.